to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show this week. Uh, so great you're here, whether you're joining me over on YouTube for the video version of this or over on the podcast, your favorite podcast platform. I am grateful you're here. This week we are talking about organizing. So a lot of times when I talk to second act entrepreneurs, they are struggling with the vast amount of things that need to be done. And typically those things need to be done by them because they are a one person operation at this point and have high hopes of moving into multiple people in their organization, but still need to have some sort of process or system in order to market their business. And more often than not, um, people that are going out into the entrepreneurial world, taking their expertise and their education um, and their experience, they're focused on one area. And normally it's not how to market their business because they've been in corporate or they've been in a profession that somebody else did that job. And so it's kind of hard to wrap your head around all of the things that need to be done to promote your business when you're coming in cold turkey. And it's even more cumbersome when you realize the scope of what marketing has become in the last 10 to 12 years. And so I wanted to put together for you all in this episode, a system that I use that I have taught to many clients that I have used in my courses to help you organize your marketing, not only to save you some sanity and get you uh, on the right track so you're not spending so much time doing these tasks, or if you're going to bring somebody in, they're not wasting time doing these tasks, they're getting right to the meat and the heart of the um, process. But more importantly, so that when you're organized in a strategic way, you're organized to get results. And ultimately, if you're not getting results from your marketing, I want you to be questioning, why am I paying for this? Because marketing should lead to ultimately sales. Now, let me caveat that for just a second, because a lot of times I will work with people who simply are not set up to um, with the proper marketing systems in order to get sales. And so we need to make sure those are set up too. I'm not going to talk about those in this episode, but I have talked about those before when I've talked about the different components of your sales funnel. I can link to that video. Um, I think I'm going to try something new. I'm going to link to it um, up in the cards area, but there's a sales funnel strategy, a couple of sales funnel, sales funnel strategy videos that I will link to up there so that you uh, know where to find those. Um, but we're not going to talk about that today. What we are going to talk about is one, the misnomer that a lot of marketing gurus would have you believe that you can just snap and post this, post that, and people are going to buy. And um, there's nothing more frustrating for those of us in the marketing field than to have people tell you that when we know the reality is, is that it takes work, it takes strategy, and it takes consistency to get people to the finish line and push the pay now button. Now, if you've been sold a line of goods in another factor, I want to just have you step back a minute and say, when was the last time when you made a purchase that you just met somebody in two seconds and then handed up your credit card? Chances are pretty slim, if not never. 
And so in this week's episode, I want to give you a three-step system that I have used to uh, help clients as well as students simplify their marketing, simplify their creation process so they're not just spinning their wheels and ultimately save sanity and time and move people more quickly towards purchasing from you. And even better, you're going to get some of your time back. So let's dive into that process and get started so you can get started on saving yourself some time. Number one, start with the uh, end of your sales funnel in mind. Now, a lot of times people are just like, I'm just going to create all these Facebook posts and they're going to be most of the time they're promotional, which is if you haven't heard the 80-20 rule, I'm going to share it with you right now. The 80-20 rule is 80% you give value and education and you share kind of other information about your business, about um, people that you've worked with, that sort of stuff. And 20% of the time you promote. Most people do the opposite. They do 80% promoting their business and 20% talking about other stuff. And so I want you to flip that if you're, if you're doing that right now. Because people don't want to be sold to. What they want is a solution to their problem. Let me say that again. People don't want to be sold to. What they want is for you or someone like you to solve the problem that is causing them to stay up every night. <laughs> and... If you have a solution and you're giving it to them at the right time in the right um, place of their buying process, then they're going to commit and work with you. So when we start with our sales funnel end in mind, meaning that like, what do we ultimately want them to do? We want them to enroll in a course. We want them to purchase consulting time. We want them to enroll in our coaching program, whatever that might be. We need to start there because so many people just start creating content and then it leads nowhere. And I do a lot of research on people's um, funnels that they set up. I'm going to use funnels loosely because you it's not a funnel. What it is is just like random things posted where they're trying to jump on the next trend and it really isn't leading anywhere. And so if you really want to be successful with any kind of strategy, You need to start with where you want people to end up and then work your way backwards. And so you may be like, okay, that seems a little counterintuitive. You just told us not to sell. Well, I'm not saying start your marketing there. What I'm saying is we need to be aware where we're sending people so that we can back up the process and actually create a marketing plan from that end result. And a lot of people don't do this or they just try to wing it and sell people into something at the last minute and it just doesn't work. It just feels weird and people don't, they don't engage in that and it just feels slimy and you don't want that. And so when um, you start with the end in mind, number one, you're going to avoid burnout and just creating content for the sake of creating content. And two, um, it's naturally going to lead people to where you want them to go. And so map out what it is you want people to do. And so let's use an example like you have a, um, I'm going to pick on the crafting industry. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a pretty creative person. And so I've been delving into the crafting industry for just, you know, fun and giggles, but I, I can't help myself when I look at their marketing. And so what I find is that you have these ladies who are so creative and excellent at what they do and they perfected their craft which is creating cards. But then they try to like 
throw you into a sales funnel, like just out of the blue, like, oh yeah, we're having a card class. And it's like, you didn't do any prep work there. Like, why would we sign up for your card class? Because you've been giving us everything for free. And so it's a perfect example of like, if they would have started with the card class in mind and like, okay, we want people to enroll in this card class once a quarter or once a month. What are we going to do to create content that builds anticipation and excitement for that course or for that class? And you can't do that if you start the if you start from the front and go forward. And so that's just a really simple example of something that I've seen recently. If you're looking at like more business oriented, look at people who create YouTube channels. Like there is a YouTube channel for everything, including how to tie a tie or tie your shoe. But most of those creators are busy creating videos just because they think somebody might want it instead of like, hey, I have this product or service I want to sell. And so I'm going to create content that's free that ultimately leads people to purchase what I want them to purchase. So another example is um, my mom recently hurt her knee. And so um, she's been looking up YouTube videos for knee strengthening and like leg and joint and hip strengthening and things like that, because she has some arthritis in there. And so she follows um, this late, I cannot remember her name, but she is a YouTube fitness lady. And um, she posted video after video after video during 2020. And now she's trying to backtrack and move people into her membership. So she's taken all of her videos down. So all of that goodwill that she's built with, you know, built with people is now gone. And she's trying to move them to the membership. And I told my mom, I said, I can understand why she wants to do it that way, because she's got to monetize her time and her effort, but she did it backwards. And so um, you have to think about the end in mind before you start the content creation. And so um, when you do that, you're going to be much more successful. And it's also going to make your content creation easier. So we're going to get to that number two, but I want to just give you a quick reminder that at the end of each of these episodes, um, I include a bonus tip. And so you do not want to miss the game changing bonus uh, tip that I have in this episode, because it really is going to pull it all together. So um, stay tuned till the end so you can catch that, uh, that tip. So let's jump into number two. So how do you plan your content with the end in mind? Well, you choose quarterly topics. And so let's just use the crafting example, for example. Um, You may have four areas of expertise. So you may have watercoloring, you may have card making, you may have scrapbooking, and you may have fabric arts. And so if you were going to offer monthly courses or even quarterly courses, um, or you had the same course and you were going to repeat it. Let's just do that. You're going to have the same course and you're going to repeat it for that quarter. Well, then it's really easy for you to choose your your topic. So let's say Q1, we're going to do fabric arts. And you've got um, a great two-hour fabric art quilt quilt class that you're going to offer. And it's going to be either, you can either do it in person or online, or if you come in person, you get the online one for free or you get the video series or whatever. And so you would want to then start talking about all of the different um, pieces that would entice people to come to that course. So blog post number one would be like the history of different fabrics that you would want to include in that quilt. So um, say it's a 1920s 
quilt uh, pattern that you're going to, it's a vintage quilt pattern, and you're going to redo it. So you want to talk about like the different fabrics that they used in the 1920s and why they picked those and why they used them. And, and then ultimately, it's like, and hey, by the way, we are offering this month, or for the next three months, a two hour, or it could be a series, whatever, course on how to recreate this quilt. And so then the next week, you might want to create um, the easiest way to piece that quilt. And so, you you know, talk about the different um, ways to cut out your fabric, for example. That could be a perfect topic. So week two is like, here's the easiest methods for cutting out your fabric. And you give them three tips. And then, um, but, you know, if you really want to know how to do this, you need to come to the, to the quilt class because we're going to show you exactly how to cut out those pieces and make it easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Or it could even be like the three things people do wrong when cutting their fabric. Um, and so that would be the second piece. So ultimately you get the idea, you choose your four topics, you relate it to whatever it is that you, um, are doing in your business. So if you're a coach, for example, and you, one of your topics is, um, identifying your business, like your business expertise. And so your promotion might be like, sign up for our, uh, mastermind this, you know, this month or a monthly mastermind. And you're talking about your specific area of like choosing the the best fit for you to build as a business. Like we're just your business um, expertise area. So you might just say, okay, uh, topic number one under that area, you would have 12 total because you want 12 pieces of content for that quarter. You might be talking about the mistakes people make when choosing too quickly. Or you could talk about the different um, personality tests that are available and review them. So you could talk about StrengthsFinder. You could talk about um, Myers-Briggs. You could talk about, I'm trying to think, Enneagram. And you could actually cover one of those in, in multiple, you know, one piece would be Enneagram. One piece would be um, Myers-Briggs. One would be um, StrengthsFinder. And you could bring in experts. You could do whatever you want. But it's all focused around getting them to sign up for that workshop where you're going to help them dig in because you've gathered all the information for them, but really they need help because they're struggling with trying to dig into where they should plug in. And so once you set up those quarterly topics, it's easy for you to narrow down what content you're going to create and then leading them back to the end of your sales funnel. So when you're working backwards that way, and then this is the best part. So you've got those 12 pieces of content and you go and you figure them out and you create them and you're sending them back to your sales funnel, which is, you know, ultimately buy our stuff. The best part is number three, you repurpose all of that content from that content quarterly plan. So whether you're creating a podcast or you're creating uh, a video show or you're creating a blog or you're creating a video series or whatever it might be for your content for the month, you repurpose that for all your other marketing. So you put it in your emails, you put it in your social media posts, you put it in your stories on Instagram and on Facebook, and you just take it and you repurpose it and you pull pieces out and you just keep reusing the same thing. Because if you look at the experts out there, you look at all the marketing gurus, this is exactly what they do. They either have somebody on their team that pulls apart all the content for them, or um, at one point in their business, I can guarantee you they were doing this because ultimately you want as many eyeballs on that one piece of content as you can get. 
Now, does that mean every piece of content is going to resonate with your audience? No, it's not going to work that way. However, the more times they see you, the more they're going to say, hey, I'm seeing her everywhere. And it is because they will be seeing you everywhere because you're promoting that same piece of content throughout everything you do, including social media, paid advertising, um, other like um, collaborative efforts. So like if you have somebody on your podcast, for example, that's an interview, you're now getting in front of their audience with that piece of content, um, your email, all of those different things. So when you repurpose, it saves you time because you're not trying to plan out something new to post every day on social media. And so you can outsource that to somebody else and have them actually create those posts, but you have the meat, which is your weekly piece of content, which is also keeping you consistent and consistently in front of your people. And so that's the three steps, three steps, uh, three step system. Number one, start at the end. Number two, plan your topics quarterly and batch them out. And number three, repurpose what you create. So I promised you a bonus tip. And I always give you a bonus tip. And so um, I kind of alluded to this, but very intentionally, you want to align your quarterly topics that you choose in step number two with the promos that you're promoting for each quarter. And so if you're promoting the same thing every quarter, like say you have an online course, you're just going to want to look at your online course and think about the little components that you have broken out that you're teaching and make that your promotion um, call to action. And so if you only open your course once a quarter um, and you decide you're going to promote it in, you know, the middle of that quarter, you, you know, ultimately you probably want to promote it at the end of the quarter, but then you would back it up and say, okay, what can I talk about this month as it relates so that people are, are building anticipation and wanting to enroll in my online program? So that's your bonus is you always want to align your ultimate call to action, whether that's to get on your email list or to purchase or to um, join you on a webinar or whatever that is with your content creation process. And so it leads you back to the sales funnel. So a lot of times we like to leave our sales to chance and we just wing it and hope when we like put stuff out there and we're like, oh yeah we should um, just do this and see if that works. And more often than not, it doesn't work. And my question for you is, wouldn't it be easier to just have an audience who's waiting for you to announce what you're going to sell them? And this is totally possible. It may seem like no, that's impossible, like nobody's going to do that. But the reality is, is if you have a really strong email list and you're engaged with that email list and you're regularly putting things in front of them, they are actually waiting for you to say, hey, this is how you work with me. And so a lot of times second act entrepreneurs struggle with this because their expertise is not in marketing. It's in whatever area that they are perfected in. So that could be project management. That could be, um, you know, being a CEO and now you want to take your CEO skills and help other people. It could be in Um, consulting, different areas of consulting. It could be finance. It could be any number of things. But if you're struggling with that, I have a perfect opportunity for you to come and either gather the process for your team or gather the process to get started. 
And it is a free training that I'm offering. It's called the Own Your Audience Training. And what it means, Own Your Audience, is that you have control over your audience and you're not leaving it to fate. Meaning you're not leaving it to your social media platform or people just randomly hanging out on your website and you never gather their information. So you don't have a captive audience to present your offer to. Email marketing gives you that captive audience and that's exactly what you want. And that's exactly what you're gonna learn is how to captivate them and move them forward so that they are ready to purchase your program in this free training. I would love for you to join me. Registration is open right now. You can go and register by visiting alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience, all one word. And I'm gonna give you that step-by-step system so that you can take control of your marketing, take control of your time, get back some energy so you're pumped up about your business again and forget about what Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn are all doing today, tomorrow and beyond because you will own your audience. So go register right now at alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience and I will see you inside. Until next week, be well, take care and I'll see you soon. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you know you should be on social media, but they keep changing the dang rules. For Pete's sake, every day there's a new algorithm change. There's when you should post, when you should not post, what you should post. Should you do video? Should you do Insta stories? Should you do this? Ah, it's enough to make anybody crazy. And the worst part of all is that even if you're showing up and you have a huge audience on one of these platforms, you don't own any information about them. So when they change the rules, and you know they do, you are at their mercy. Well, what if instead you could own your audience? What if you had the power to show up in front of them, share what you want to share on your own time frame? Well, you can. In my new upcoming training, Own Your Audience, you're going to learn how to stop being at the mercy of social media moguls. Yes, social media is a great tool, but when you put all of your eggs in their basket, it's like renting an apartment with a horrible landlord who keeps changing the rent. You deserve better. You deserve to control and get in touch with your people on your terms. In the Own Your Audience training, you're gonna learn the five-step proven system that I've used with my clients for the last 20 years that gets you in front of your audience, builds conversations, builds connections, and best of yet, helps you sell your stuff. Because if you're not selling anything, it's really hard to stay in business. So join me for this free live training coming up. It is so easy for you to join and come and be part of this live training by going to alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. If you're tired of fretting about the next social media change and you're sick of being at the mercy of what to do, when to post, how to post, where to be, and you just want some sanity with your marketing, join me for this upcoming live training at alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. And I look forward to seeing you inside.